themselves. With you today is your nerdy tutor, George, and with me today is my junior weeb in training, my mom. Welcome. Thank you. Alrighty, so picking up where we left off last week here, we were discussing Japanese animation, the kind of bits and pieces of what Japanese animation, Japanese animation is for the most part and things that kind of consist within it. And so we gave you a couple different things to uh, watch here over this over the uh, weekend here. And so for those of you uh, not following our blog here, we were watching Sailor Moon Crystal, uh, Kuroko no Basuke, which was the basketball anime that we talked about last week. We also were uh, also have you watch Rascal Doesn't Dream of Bunny Girl Senpai. Um, the Promised Neverland and Gundam Iron-Blooded Orphans. And so I gave you a little bit of everything here from a little bit of a slice of life, Mecca. Um, and so I'll let you decide what you want to talk about here first and what grabbed you the most here uh, this weekend. Okay, so so my first question is, is, is all of this, because there's so many different styles here, um, is all of this manga... So, um, so a good question there is that manga and anime are actually two separate things. And so manga in itself is what we would consider Japanese comics versus anime, which is obviously just all animation. There's a lot of these shows actually, with the exception, I believe of Rascal doesn't believe doesn't dream of bunny girl senpai and iron blooded orphans, uh, the Gundam series, which originally started out as manga. So they originally started out having their own fan base in an, 2D environment and found their way into an animated series, which is not uncommon in Japan. It comes with its own unique reader base that already is invested in the series here. And these are, uh, with the exception of Sailor Moon Crystal, these are show uh, these are series that literally go for w- literally get uh, released every single week in a 2D form for sometimes years at a time. <laughs> Okay, so these are long-running stories because Sailor Moon's been around forever. Sailor Moon's been around forever, but it actually only was at, it was only ever drawn from basically like nineteen, from nineteen eighty-nine up until about ninety-four, ninety-five, give or take. And the anime itself appeared in about ninety-two, ninety-three. Now the Sailor Moon anime, when you go back in time, has about uh, close to one hundred and fifty to two hundred episodes in it. Because it comprises of a number of different number of different seasons where you do meet different characters and stuff. In America, we eventually got those series on Cartoon Network, with uh, one load exception, because there's a bit of kind of semi-transgendered in the last season, which is interesting. Like, there's a pair of there's a pair of there's a trio of guys that are like boy band singers that are very popular called the Starlights. That transform that are when you initially see them, they're very much guys, and then somehow transform into women later on. And I guess a uh, a Western audience um, or the person who was licensing that, I believe, who was a Deke at the time, thought that might have been a bridge too far to kind of uh, explain to a Western audience. Okay, well, I mean, why don't we start with Sailor Moon since that's the one I kind of knew what to expect kind of mm-hmm. kind of do um so so it's it's really interesting there seems to be like there's diversity but then there's not diversity um so you have the five girls plus sailor v um who 
are drawn with I, what I would think of as very Western features. They they have large eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, the girls, and there's a real difference in the way girls are drawn and the way guys are drawn. Yes. So so um, they have I would say very Western features. None of them are drawn um, what I would think of as as Asian. Mm-hmm. Um, there's green eyes. There's blue eyes. There's red hair. There's blonde hair. There's um, sort of everything in between but there's no um african descent at all so there's no, nobody's black um and i mean it's it's for lack of a better word quite white yeah it's um so a, a good way to explain that here is that um unlike here in america where we have you know, the, I would say a majority of the United States is probably fairly of Caucasian descent and European descent. And we're getting a lot more of, you, you see a lot more African-American, Latino, uh, Middle Eastern. You see a lot more variety in, in the races that we see here in, in America. That's not the same in Japan. In Japan, you would have, I would probably say that about 95% of the culture of people who live in Japan here, whether it's full-time or part-time, are primarily Japanese because Japanese had a very closed-off wall to themselves and didn't really open themselves up until much later after, you know, World War II in a lot of cases. And they're, it's not necessarily that their culture doesn't have people of African-American, European descent in a lot of cases. It's just not common Um, it's not very prevalent no and so um a lot of what um english teachers who go to japan here um, they actually don't want a lot of people who are asian themselves initially so they don't want people who are korean or japanese or chinese at all um going to teach english over in over in in japan here because they want um people of Caucasian, African-American, you know, European, Middle Eastern descent because they want to be able to introduce their the children to that here. Like, beards are not a common feature in Japan. It's not it's, it's not a very common feature to have because it's considered unkempt in a lot of cases. So, like, I had a friend who went to Japan, had a massive, like, beard because he's Muslim. Uh-huh. And a lot of the children just could not handle it apparently they were just they wanted to touch his beard all the time because they were not used to seeing it at all well i mean even even in rural cambodia people i'm have long blonde hair and people were touching my hair mm-hmm. um it and it, it it was an oddity so i i get that okay so so you know amongst the things that i really kind of in, in familiar with sailor moon because you guys watched it lila watched it you guys watched mm-hmm. it as kids yeah and, and it was on the on the tv in the afternoon after you got home from school so familiar with it um it's interesting how they morph out of their school costumes which are even then somewhat short mm-hmm. into those itty bitty very sexualized it, it's an interesting thing it's sexualized and yet it's non-threatening so so it's still the sailor suit mm-hmm. and it's still the pleated skirt although it's a pleated skirt that's maybe like six or eight inches long um it's itty bitty yes but um but it doesn't come off as being threatening or being um you it's know it's overt but it's not overt so this is so one of the reasons wanda had uh sailor moon here and again mind you this is sailor moon crystal it's an updated version of 
of the original animation here um, that cuts out a lot of the fluff that would have been in the original show that was a kind of the bog standard sort of monster of the week sort of thing. Okay. Because the Japanese manga actually moves along relatively quickly by comparison. There's not a lot of uh, not a lot of slowdown or a lot of fluff or additional stuff in there. Um, but this is actually, so this is what we would call a shoujo series or a girls series, if you remember last time. Uh-huh. So that's a lot of the reason why the girls are drawn, I think, in such a certain way that they're still very cute. They're very, you know, it's a very feminine sort of style here, but it's not very threatening at all because it's aimed primarily at a female audience initially. Um, but clearly it's just one of those shows where, like, it has a, a, a fairly substantial male following as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not intention. I don't believe it's intentional to make it so um, overtly sexualized here. And that's, that's, I think, what at the end of the day here, the girls, as cute as they are in the uniforms and everything, and as much as it could be misconstrued as sexy or somewhat perverted. It's not seductive. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, I thought it was an interesting thing. Um because it um, certainly they're 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 sort of Barbie doll shaped. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got thick thighs, so I'm in. Um, <laughs> but uh, they um, aren't seductive, and I thought I thought that was an interesting balance. Um, you have these very young looking faces on mm-hmm. very mature bodies, um, and even the voice is very young. It was an inter- I, I thought it struck an interesting balance. The other thing I thought was was really interesting. Um, we'll talk about the blue eyed thing later because um, it comes up a couple of times for me. Um, there there seems to be a thing with blue eyes, but we'll yes. we'll, we'll table that for a sec. Um, but uh, the other thing that was interesting to me was looking at in side by side tuxedo mask being a a, a good comparison. Mm-hmm. Um, the girls' faces are very, for lack of a better word, animated. Mm-hmm. Um, the large eyes and sort of a, 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 the very curved up nose and, um, and it's uh, sort of a, a winky, sort of campy almost look. And then the guys are much more um, true to life drawn. Would you say handsome? Yes, I mean I, there are lots of versions of handsome. Handsome, I mean they're 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 not Brad Pitt, but but um, or 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 George Clooney, but they yeah they're good looking and um, uniformly good looking, and it's especially true if we move on to some of the other things we saw. But um, but the girls, and this was true in almost all of all five um, of the of the different series in different ways. But the girls' faces were much more. Um, Pubescent. I don't know how to. I don't know how to say it. They were. They were I, they're more teenagerish. They're more, you know, innocent on a certain level. Yeah. They're far cuter. Um, so I can't necessarily explain that at all. It's kind of a quirk of Japanese animation in and of itself that a lot of the time the women in Japanese animation look or um, can be not necessarily buxom, but can be look could be looking. Um, very pretty and very cute is probably words I might use here well, to describe even buxom. it. I mean, even buxom would be appropriate in a lot of these cases. In, in some cases, yes. Yeah. Um, um, but again, I mean, like it's it's one of those differences that we have with Western animation versus Japanese animation, where in it, we consider it to be more mature in a lot of senses because it's drawing more off of what the realistic human body proportions might be. 
But when I say mature, I don't necessarily mean mature in the sense that, like, it's, you know, for an adult audience of, like, an X-rated or a triple X sort of thing here. I mean more in the sense of, like, it's a mature, you know, representation of what the of what a human body might be. So it's more proportioned, but obviously it's still an, an animation here. So there's certain aspects that get... Still exaggerated. Exaggerated, yeah. yeah. So, again, yeah. The, the long legs might be exaggerated. Um, eyes are definitely one of those things in Japanese culture that, you know, like, like Japanese culture, for whatever reason, enjoys big eyes. Like, eyes to them are very important to them. And so in some cases here, it's not uncommon for the eye to be like half of the face, which... Well, in, in the Sailor Moon... In the it's girl, close. Okay, so the girl's eyes are, are drawn very big, but the boy's eyes, the guy's eyes, really aren't. No, not not as much, no. And it's that not. that is a common theme throughout a lot of Japanese animation. That was an interesting thing. So so let's talk about the mature thing in a, in a different light. And okay. that's that... The, if I th what time of day do these run? Are these prime time or these? These are often prime time in some okay. cases. Okay, so that or at least a... everything I at least everything I recommended here was would have been seen uh, in. Okay, so so that was an interesting question for me as I watched these because if I think of uh, American prime time mm -hmm. animated shows, um, starting with the Flintstones and uh, Jetsons, um, and working our way up to to Bart Simpson and um, the Family Guy, they are family shows they feature prominently adults and um all five of these um the number of people that might be over character characters that might be over 25 um i'm trying to think of it so so there might have been four or five that was it they have um like no parents like none of these kids have parents <laughs> um this, there's no involvement of of adults really in these adults don't play like adults like anybody over over 25 don't play a huge role in the characters lives or if, or, any or, role. or exist even in some yeah. cases yes yeah so i thought that was curious whereas whereas um american animation for prime time is more of a family sitcom mm -hmm. none of these were funny per se um, you know, none of them. They were they were exciting. They were suspenseful. They were lots of other things. There are lots of, of, of great adjectives, and I really enjoyed this. Mm -hmm. It was a cool cross section. Um, I thought you chose well, but but um, none of them were comedies, and none of them were family oriented, mm -hmm. which is what I would think of as as American animated series mm -hmm. um, for prime time. So I thought that was interesting. I think that's kind of a, I don't want to say it's a trope of, I think, Western TV shows. Because, again, I know a lot of TV shows, like, when you come, that come out here in America, always are divided around, trying to organize itself around a family unit. Like, the Big Bang Theory, as much as it's about, like, a group of, like, geeks and nerds hanging out, like, it's very much a family at the end of the day here. Because they don't really do a whole lot of interaction with other people, and it's all very... Friends, the same sort of thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, very much. Um, but I think that's more or less the style of Western TV shows, that it revolves around the family, because we, I think, here in America, are intent about having a strong family base here, and even at a young age here, like, it's intent that, you know, as you get older, that you create a family, that you, you know, support the family, that you're staying with your family. Like, I think that's more or less a thing of American okay. TV shows well, at the I end mean, of the day. Well, I mean, you got some of, the, some of the, you know, if you talk about, like, sort of a, a nucleus mm -hmm. 
Um, you got that in Sailor Moon, but I would almost say that was the only one, even though the basketball one is about a team, um, where you really had that sense of um, belong a, yeah, belonging. Yeah, a unit to, or yeah. A belonging. Yeah. Yeah. So okay, so Sailor Moon like pretty much knew what to expect. Still has the cat. The cat's cool. I like talking cats. Cats are cool. Um, yeah. And um, all, it's interesting, and this is true of all of them too. Um, it's interesting when they drop in English words. Like Sailor Moon's chattering away in, in Japanese, and, and most of, I, I was impressed that most of the translations seemed pretty logical. Every once in a while, you'd see something where you'd say, oh gosh, that, that's not quite the word that was probably meant. Mm-hmm. But um, for the most part, the translation was easy to follow. And, and, and I got that. Um, but every once in a while you'd have in the Japanese something dropped in like Dark Kingdom. That was in Sailor Moon, the word Dark Kingdom. Oh, yeah. And Princessa. Mm-hmm. And, and things like that. So obviously words that, that, I mean, obviously there's a word in Japanese for Empress because it had Empress. But, um, but you heard the word, you know, Princessa Serenity. Mm-hmm. Both English words sort of dropped in there. So that was interesting. That happens a lot of it happens a lot because it's um, in a lot of cases here. If you want the audience, I think in some cases to pick up on something that's very important without having to uh, make up words in some sort of way here. And a lot of Japanese um, animation will use uh, Western or English English titles for things because I think what it does is it points out how important it is, or if this is sort of a certain sort of special feature of that. Um, that comes up quite a bit, especially in sci-fi animes that have to always reinvent the <laughs> bat, the bad guy here, because you can't ever just have something that's similar. Because darn forbid that um, it be similar at all. Uh, I think a great example might be uh, in America. Here it's Kingdom Hearts in America. It's obviously Kingdom Hearts in Japan as well. It's a video game series with. Um, Disney characters and um, characters from like Final Fantasy, which are very two divergent series somehow smashed together, and it's very enjoyable. I've played the first two. I'm excited to play the third one, but it comes out on PS4, and I don't have one of those, thankfully. Well, is this a nerd? This is a future nerd topic. This could be a future nerd topic. Kingdom Hearts in general. That, that, that sounds fun. Um, but um, but they use a lot of English words for. Obviously, stuff that could be translated in Japanese if you had to. Um, and I think it's just more or less, if anything, just to kind of point out its importance to the story or the characters within it. Um, so let's pivot, actually. So cause we've kind of mentioned it a couple times here. Uh, Kuroko no Basuke. So I got you a sports anime because, um, obviously, Pop teaches basketball. We were very into basketball here going, growing up here. It was very much a part of our lives. Um, this is the title episode, and apologies for spoilers for anybody who hasn't already seen the series here, but um, it talks about going into the zone. And so, uh, okay, what did I you have think? A, a, a questions about that. I, I'd be more than happy to offer answers if I can. Okay, so so um, I was really kind of incredulous about about the the uh, that particular series and. And I, I went to the, I went to the effort before I, I uh, watched it to Wikipedia, okay, um, so that I knew kind of the storyline. 
So, um, so that was really helpful because I, I guess there are five teams and in any particular episode, you're probably only watching two of them. Yes. And, um, and the teams were, came up from middle school. They're now in high school. It was helpful having some of the background. So, um, for those of you who didn't get the chance to watch it here, the story is that there's called, there's a middle school that has a team called the Generation of Miracles. There are five amazing players that. When they get to high school, they all decide they're not going to be on the same team anymore because it's not fun, all of them playing together because they basically run up the score of like 111 to like They win one. all the time, yeah. They win all the time and everything around them is just, you know, super easy to beat. Um, there's a theoretical sixth man, they call the Phantom Sixth Man because he has no presence and he kind of moves around the battlefield of a basketball court in a very stealthy way. Um, he went to another school, and now it's that school trying to go up against the other five schools um, in a very much a tournament, which is very, very much a Japanese things are tournaments, uh, especially. Um, and the other misnomer that we might have here is that they do the summer tournament a couple episodes before this, and then now they're on the winter tournament because the Japanese school year starts in February. Okay. And then, so, so so the winter tournament would be the last chance a senior could theoretically be on a club and get, you know, a, to win the tournament, to win a tournament. Because there's a summer tournament and then there's a winter tournament. So they're in the first round of the winter tournament here, um, going into that here. Okay. So so we're continuing on with the high school. Like, like for Japanese people, high school is a big thing. So again, j- high school for, again, Japanese people... Um, is kind of the last chance of their freedom before they go before they become an adult and have to do all the work of an adult like it's it's very much felt it's very much in the sense of that like you know when you're a teen when you're in high school you're free to kind of goof about and lay about you're you're kind of expected to be trying to figure out what it is you want, that you want to do here and you're not hanging out with friends a whole lot you, or you're hanging out with a lot of your friends and you're just having a good time like you would as a high schooler. These these guys aren't having a good time. They're play, well, they're in a club. So. Okay, okay. So so they're so intense, and you pick up on the intensity. And like I felt, even my shoulders kind of stiffen watching it mm-hmm. because um, as much as as you know that it's not a real game, and the outcome's already determined. Although if you watch the NBA, sometimes I, I think that one is too. But <laughs> but. Um, as as you're watching it, you find yourself getting really caught up in in the activity because they are so intense. And I mean, it's an interesting kind of smack talk, by the way, mm-hmm. because um, nobody's out there with Yamama. Um, the smack talk is not what's wrong with with you. It's what I'm going to pull from myself. Yes. Said out loud. It was it was an interesting smack talk because I'm going to um, concentrate and focus and distract you. So it, it was not. It, it, I I don't think LeBron James is using those lines. No, I think a lot of the so a lot of the sports animes are a lot more innocent than they initially than they initially give the presence that they would be here. Because again, like these are. It, again, I, I would go back to the term of what we might call honest actors in a game here. You want mm-hmm. everyone to be on a good sportsman at the end of the day here and things like that. And so a lot of um, – I have never actually seen a sports anime where the other team intends on cheating 
or is rude or mean at all. That's because that's also just not a Japanese standard as well, because as much as, um, and I think we talked a little bit about this here, that Japanese people are intent on not, you know, um, how do you put it? Um, they're not intent on starting fights if they can avoid it here. And obviously basketball is a game in which you have to fight somebody else here, but it's it's done in a friendly sort of way. So like in a lot of cases here, like if you want to talk about politics, Japanese people will very much steer away from trying to talk about politics because they don't want to create an argument or have a chance to create an argument where one didn't exist beforehand. Okay. So I mean that actually kind of jives with, with one of the things I observed, and that's that... There's a lot of um, self-affirmation in it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of um, proving honor, proving um, earning. We got to the, the, do better than we got to do con- better than team. We got to pick ourselves up. We got to yeah. So, so 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 even in the smack talk, it's all affirmations, um, or a lot of it's affirmations, and um, it's less about what I'm going to do to you than what I'm going to pull from myself. Mm-hmm. Which I, I found it very value-based. It, the one comment that I wrote down um, when I was making notes was, the out of the five, the only um, word that was translated into anything close to a swear word was was in the, the basketball um, Kuroko's, and um, it was the word bastard. So there's no there's no <laughs> asshole, there's no uh, prick, there's no any of the things that you might associate with, Call, with yeah. basketball a lot of cases calling here. calling somebody um it's all very um throughout all the all of these um very clean um the language i mean there's not there's not uh any any sort of of foul language at all but but it, to go back the the self-affirmation really struck me Mm-hmm. Um, because there's a lot um, the other trait I found in there was there was a lot of self accountability yes um, so so I found I found the basketball I found actually all of them very value based universally that seems to be a major theme mm-hmm. um, probably more apparent in the basketball because it didn't have the plot things that would throw you off you didn't have an evil thing that was trying to kill you um, not at least not in this one. In, okay, at least not in this one. <laughs> um, what you did have is the figure that that uh, distracts you by like not really being there, and some people can see it and some people can't. So yeah, so that's Kuroko, and that's the the lead character of. Uh, I want to say actually the lead character is probably like the dual uh, main character of the show, with Kagami being the the redheaded one being the other lead of the show here, like. Um, Again, his ability is that he's not, he doesn't have a presence at all, so he can't be seen on the battlefield quite so easily. And so what it allows him to do is that it allows him to kind of sneak into better positions because people aren't necessarily inherently watching him or paying attention to him because he's such a smaller character. He's not as, you know, strong-looking as the rest of the characters. He's much um, thinner in a lot of cases here. So what he does, what he uses that ability for is that he'll kind of hide in... Uh, he'll kind of like somebody will pass the ball to the right. He'll kind of like dart in, grab the ball, and redirect it. Yeah, there's a lot. Okay, so there's a lot. There's the redirecting thing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to use my overflow. So that's a to the, redirect. So that's a, that's a particular one in that episode because he 
become such a more, more noticeable portion of the game that when people's eyes kind of dart to him, they lose track of the person that's in front of him and everyone else is kind of caught on to what his trick is at the end of the day. Because what, what he really does at the end of the day here is that he just manipulates your attention somewhere else. So he might start so he to look... off your shot. Well, not so much that he throws off your shot, but he throws off your attention. So like a, one, of, is one of his big tricks here later on is that he actually dribbles later on. And that freaks people out because people are not expecting him to dribble, much less hold on to the ball for any noticeable amount of time because that that makes him noticeable on the field and it makes him lose his presence. But what he does here is that he looks at somebody like right in the eyes yeah, and then like starts to look to his right. They start to look to right instinctively because that's kind of what your brain tells you to do is when you look to the left, you kind of want to look to the right as well or in the same direction at least. And as he does that here, he ducks down super low because again he's a much smaller well, person guy, yeah. and kind of gets in under somebody's point of vision here to be able to dribble around them because again if he because if your head's right here and he's right here he can if your field of vision is looking forward you're typically looking straight ahead you're not really looking down at all so he can kind of duck underneath your vision to get around you it looks as if he's you know, just pulled off the most amazing feat in the world, especially when they do it in the show here. But really, he just dribbled forward at a really low angle. It's, huh? again, like, every all of his stuff is very much, a, everything in the show is very somewhat doable with a lot of practice. And a lot of the characters are based off of NBA players on certain points. Well, and they're, and they're drawn fairly realistically, too. Yes. So they don't have the the exaggerated features of, of some of the other shows. No, and, and this would be a good example of a, of a shonen show at the end of the day. So a, a, a show meant for boys, which is also one of the reasons why a lot of the characters are doing personal affirmations. I got to be better. It's not about the enemy team here. Because if you're reading it as like a 10 or 11-year-old, and you might join a basketball club or you might join a soccer team or something like that you think oh this is how they this is how they interact and this is how they work in the comics i got to be like them while they're you know on well i'm playing as well because i want to be like my heroes or this is just how i know you know if, if this is how it's presented to you in in nature like you would expect you want to be like that and similar okay so i think that's a lot of the reason as well why it's a lot of sports animes in particular as well is not about the bad guy being, you know, is not is not the enemy team. They're just the current opponent in front of you. Unless the enemy team's doing something cheating in a lot of cases. And there are episodes in which the enemy team cheats in some cases, and they never win. It, it's very much pointed out that, like, cheaters don't do, do not prosper, and that the fact that anybody who was cheating is more or less like, you know, this is the, the this is the sacred game of, of basketball. How dare you? How dare you cheat in it? But that's so consistent with how value based this is. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, that's so, that's not so, un unexpected. So my next question is like, the thing with the eyes—they've got like all these like sparks coming out of the eyes when they get into the zone. When they get into the zone, and and they're like electrified. They like the veins are glowing blue. Mm-hmm. Um. And and they and they talk about going into the zone. And then you see several just fantastic, amazing plays. Mm-hmm. So, so what is that? That's that's the show's kind of like thing here. Like eventually, like eventually later on throughout the series here, a lot of other people get into the zone. So it becomes a very much a recurring theme later on in the series where like people are 
entering the zone when they're in a you know a very important pivotal play or a very important pivotal mo- moment in the match here. Um, like a lot of shows will have like again, this is a show that doesn't necessarily have overt superpowers at all, but like right. everyone everyone has like a named move that they do in a lot of cases. So um, this is kind of the show's like like a, the best way I can kind of explain it as an example here is like. Uh, Dragon Ball has a mode called Super Saiyan for the characters. Uh-huh. This is a character. This is the mode in which the character's hair, which is initially black, turns bright blonde and gets really spiky. It's like a powered-up mode, if that makes sense at all. Okay, we're um, going to talk about hair color in a couple of minutes here. Yeah, actually, a little, actually, a quick little bit of trivia here. In in Dragon Ball here, the reason their hair turns gold and not doesn't stay black is actually because the original is the creator, which is a gentleman by the name of Akira Toriyama, when he was drawing it in a manga form for comic books, he ran out of black ink and didn't want to keep drawing all the hair black. So he made it white in the he made it white in the comics and eventually got translated into golden in the in like the covers and then that eventually say, Oh, the hair turns gold in the in the comics and anime. So Okay. He just didn't want to keep drawing in all that much. He didn't want to keep wasting all that black ink at the end of the day. That's kind of the reason why that superpower exists. But this is kind of like a powered up state if you can do that. And then some shows some shows do have this mode. In a lot of cases, it all kind of depends. A lot more shonen shows I find do have like a powered up sort of mode that you exist in for a short period of time. Okay. Well, I, one of the things I noticed is there, there are almost like white-haired, blue-eyed guys. Mm-hmm. And they almost always have special traits. Yes. Um, or they're key characters. And it's an interesting thing because it's like Western but not Western. I, I mean, they're, we're talking about teenagers with white hair. Mm-hmm. It was like, are they wise because old people are... I mean, I wondered, are they wise because old people are wise and they would have white hair? Or um, I'm just hoping it's a very, very bright platinum blonde in oh. some cases. Oh. Again, I mean... A lot of Japanese animation comes from the notion here that, like, you over-exaggerate certain features here, and um, in some cases here, I think what it originally goes back to is that when you had a lot of characters that had, like, dark black hair in a lot of cases here, you might have it tinted with, like, a blue highlight or a purple highlight to give it a little bit of definition and difference between the characters, or like, oh yeah, I like the one with black hair. Which one with black hair? Precisely. Yeah. Precisely is the joke, but... Um, especially as later series go on here, like some characters have green hair, orange hair, red well, hair. Well, Sailor Moon has, you know, one of them has green hair. And, yeah, blonde yeah. hair is not a very common feature in Japanese culture at all, but it's kind of uniqueness in and of itself. And if you, in Japan, if you were going to think of a princess, you might think of a blonde haired princess from Europe in some cases. So yeah, that's this, part of the, the reason. Fair, the fair haired thing, yeah. Yeah, but more, even more blondes in Disney than there are any other color. Precisely. But I mean the, that's kind of a trope of Japanese cult of Japanese animation that sometimes everybody's hair color is different. Okay. <coughs> Excuse me. Right. Um so now my my personal favorite, which I really, really liked. Okay. Um was um Rascal, uh, Rascal does not dream of Bunny Girl Senpai. Of, of Bunny Girl Senpai. So, so, see, Senpai is a member of your group, your friend, your your. It's your upper class. It's your upper class. So, like, if you were a freshman and somebody else was a sophomore, they would be your senpai. 
Okay. So okay. Or in, I was trying to kind of figure out what the word actually meant. Um, it's the best way to describe that. First of all, I want to see. I want to say, how does anybody learn anything with the hair and the eyes? And, and this is true in the basketball one as well. <laughs> I mean, even Sailor Moon. Everybody's got their hair like halfway covering their eyes. It would drive me crazy. It would probably would. Yeah, that's a mom thing. Um, <laughs> um, okay, I really liked it. It, um, it was. Um, it was probably a lot slower than the other than the other ones. That's here. not actually not it. It's, for me, it was that you know in the United States you have so many high school shows and they tend to be Saved by the Bell um, and High School Musical and all those sorts of things where they very lightheartedly conquer a serious subject. Um, there's a lot of humor, ha ha ha. Um, this was actually I, I found the characters very relatable. I mm-hmm. found the situations that um, they were talking. I mean, they had very real conversation. Um, you you could um, really identify um, with the conversation. I found it very empathetic. So you had this this um, guy and his sister who somehow got involved in it in an incident that put them both in the hospital where they were both damaged, actually by being bullied on the internet. Yes, uh, through text. Through, through text. Yeah, through text messages. Um, but but it also is a there's a component of things that were posted on the internet mm-hmm. in it, um, and they're actually are physically damaged by it. And then rumors grow up around that, where it gets distorted, and the boy who's the center of this who strikes me as being what fifteen, sixteen, somewhere in there. I would say yeah, fifteen probably. Okay, so he actually. Um, it gets distorted into he put three people in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, counterposed to this, you have uh, a, a girl who is 15, 16, mm-hmm. who was a child actress and everybody knows her, and then she retired. And there are times when nobody can see her at all because they're forgetting about her. And so, you know, they have these very real conversations about what it was like for her um, to uh, have everybody know and expect and feel like they kind of owned her. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and then her going through this thing where suddenly, instead of all this notoriety, people are forgetting who she is. And, and, and at that point, they literally do not see her. He sees her. Yes. Dressed as a Playboy bunny. So the bunnies are, are a somewhat recurring trope of Japanese animation and comics, because it, it's again it's a foreign some odd thing here. Like uh-huh. we in Japan, KFC is a big deal. Like it's a big deal to get KFC for Christmas, because like you normally wouldn't do it. Like there's often like you put in orders sometimes weeks to months in advance for the Japanese KFC meal. Okay. And you get like you get like the full meal and everything. And it's a big deal but no um playboy bunnies are a somewhat of a favorite trope of japanese animation like i can show you stuff going back to 1984 in which they you know in which the entire character runs around the in an entire like little music video of um uh, i forget what the song is i want to say it's done by e eol um but uh, for daikon which was a convention in japan she runs around the entire thing in a bunny girl costume, fighting off Darth Vader, or other robots, and other like tropes of the series and stuff. But it's um, 
Playboy Buddies do come up occasionally in a lot of other shows. Not They're not common, but it's very <laughs> much a, oh my goodness, look at this really cool Western and sexualized Western thing. That looks really cool to us. And that's a lot, I think, a lot of Japanese animations. That looked really cool. Let's do it too. Okay. But Well, but I mean, so, so, and I'm not, and, and, you know, the, her in the Playboy Bunny outfit, which she's in a library and nobody else can see her but him. And I, I think it's an interesting choice because obviously he's very empathetic because he initially gets wounded um, trying to protect his sister. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's, and, and they are all, it seems like they are all each other has. Yes. Um, the brother and sister. And she's much younger. Um, and he's taking care of her. And he gets, he, he gets these horrible gashes across his chest and, and, again, is in the hospital for quite a while out of his own empathy. And so it makes sense that he can empathize with this former actress. Um, and he's the one person who can always see her. So this was the one show I wanted. Uh, this was a show I wanted to show, which I felt was a topic that you wouldn't normally see in, I think, Western culture in a lot of cases here. We're talking about... Because it goes... Because in some, like, Western shows, you might talk about your feelings in some cases, but you don't, like, dwell on them in a lot of cases. And this one actually goes through a lot of the discussing it and, you know, conversing about it, why this means a lot to me or how this really impacts me. And, like, later episodes spend a lot of time actually not necessarily trying to solve the problem, but so much just talking about the problem. Um, And so this was a show, again, in which, like, I kind of call it a little bit more slice of life because... These are more things that you might happen in real life here, like obviously not the not being able to be seen or um, getting wounded by you know bad people on the internet or you know mean people on the internet. But it was more of a show that I felt had really good conversations in it and very good dialogue in it that um, are topics that I don't think you'd find here in a Western culture in a lot of cases, or at least not without looking hard for it. Well, I mean, there was sort of a mean girls component to it because you had um, the friend whose girlfriend comes over to the main character and and says, I don't want you hanging around with him anymore because you're unpopular and you're going to drag his popularity down. Mm -hmm. And he very bluntly says, yes, and that would drag your popularity down. Yeah. Um, And and that that is a very blunt but relatable thing. It wasn't dealt with in a ha-ha joke way or in a isn't this funny but mean way or um, it wasn't a saved by the bell um, sort of thing that happened there isn't a a, you know a a character that that um, you know pulls a joke there it was very serious and yet I thought it was a very serious show around teens with somewhat relatable issues issues. Yeah. yeah so so, I mean, I actually enjoyed that one quite a bit. Now, um, they talk about atmosphere, and I didn't know if that was a word that was being properly used so, or or what that was meaning. So the context for that here is that um, in a lot of Japanese culture here, it's, it's intent that you go along with everything. Even if you don't necessarily agree with it, you go along with it because you don't want to buck the trend or you don't want to stand out too much. Because, again, Japanese, Japanese culture is all about it's a small island. We all have to get along with each other. So everyone does the thing that everyone else does here societally, you know, like if, you know, as an example here, um, you don't, everyone, if you're going to eat food, you eat food in the restaurant, you throw the food away in the restaurant. You don't walk around with food. 
Yeah. You know, like you don't um, you don't cross the crosswalk when it's not lit up. Even if there's never a car that's going to come for the next hour, you never cross that crosswalk without. Because they're rule followers. They're very much yeah. rule followers, and societal rules here as well play into that. Now he's a character that's not initially intent on this, or or at least is described as this, but he's very much a character that does not follow the trends of society he's, he's a loner he even describes himself as a loner. he's a loner he's aloof is probably a better word i might use for him yeah I um, see that. but he's not but he's often portrayed as a character that does not follow the rules of society again even with the notion here that like again even, even going back to that one exchange with his friend's girlfriend here like in a normal situation here, you might say, all right, I will stop seeing your friend here because you don't want to buck the trend here at all. But he very much is of the opinion here that, like, no, it doesn't really matter at all. Like, I'm going to do my own thing here and you can go yeah. shove well, off he, for the he, most part. Yeah. He tells he tells her, what you're really concerned about is that if he loses his popularity, then you're going to lose your yours. popularity. Yeah. Your, yours will dip down here. No. Yeah. And, and he's, again, he's blunt about it. And he, yeah, he's he's not a very common. He would not be a very common person to find in Japan that goes against the rules because everyone's about you know not standing out too much and going along with the rules here and things like that. So he's a character. So the atmosphere of him is you know um, I forget the correct way it's pr it's put here, but like um, he um, in Japan again, obviously like you go with the flow here or you read the atmosphere. And you go along yeah, with it. Yeah, the actual word atmosphere is used. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but he goes against the atmosphere, which is to get along with everybody. Okay. So, so he often reads the atmosphere and understands exactly what's going on, but then does something kind of contrary to what the atmosphere would be. So, like, the notion might be, like, two people really want to start a fight here. Like, you know, like a big guy wants to go start a fight with him. He reads it as that, like, he really actually doesn't want to fight at all. He just wants to show how manly it is because fighting is not a very common thing in Japan. So the other guy's like, all right, let's have a fight. Wait, we're actually going to do this? It's like, yeah, let's do this right now. So, like, let's square up and everything. And the other guy's like, you're not worth it. Because clearly he read the atmosphere being like, I actually don't want to fight. I just want to prove how uh, strong and masculine I am. I just want to bully you. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So towards the end of it, mm -hmm. he's having a conversation in what looks like like a chemistry room. With oh, they talk about Shortager's cat. I, I wrote down Schrodinger's cat. I started laughing when they made the reference. And I understood how they were using it. Because they were talking about the girl and was she really there. And, mm -hmm. and can a person disappear? And I thought it was such a funny reference. But one of the problems I had when I first looked at that scene, I actually replayed it, was um, I think that's an older person. But she's drawn very young looking except that her hair. Her hair. So she's actually a student. Is she a student? Okay. Yes, it, it's not initially intent because she's got the lab coat on. Yeah, I didn't if, know if she was a professor that he was confiding in, or. Yeah, again, that was I was very confused about that as well when I initially saw it as well because I wasn't clued in on who she was either when I first watched it here. Later episodes, she's got her own little bit of teenager syndrome that happens to her as well, which is the phenomenon that kind of happens to these teenagers where like. They're not seen or they get hurt. Like she has her own version of that here as well in later episodes um, that kind of afflicts her or happens with her as well. He uh, refers to it as adolescent syndrome and that can take several forms. I almost think of it like a supernatural curse that just kind of mimics what your own problems are, I think. Like if your problems are so 
um, are so big here that they're over-consuming you, like, you get cursed by them, and that's what kind of causes the rest of it. Okay. It's, it's, it's not explicit about where it comes from, because even in his, you know, adolescent syndrome sort of thing here, they don't really describe how it works or where it comes from at all, so much as that it does exist. Or at least he's the, he's the one who's kind of like... There's discussions about it. whether or not it exists. It, it reminds me of the discussions during the 60s and 70s as to whether whether or not women really had PMS. So <laughs> so so I kind of likened it to that. But um, but the discussion was whether or not uh, that really exists and is it a thing. Okay. So, so that was my favorite. So so then my, we'll, we'll move on to my least favorite. Oh, I think I know which one this one is. The little Soylent Green thing you <laughs> dropped on me. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I was totally unprepared for that. Um, promised Neverland. Well, yeah, well, I hope that's Neverland. My gosh. So as a little spoiler so, here for everybody, um, I would love everybody to watch this episode cold as my mom did because um, it's one of those uh, episodes here in which it will grab you. So if you want to skip here, uh, feel free to fast forward and I'll let you, I'll, I'll try to let everyone know when you can get well, back I in can here. I talk about it without talking about it. Okay. Okay. Try. So let's go, okay. So, but no, I, we'll go with the, we'll go with the basic premise, which is you have, you have 28 orphans and mother, um, and, and they refer to her as mother. And, um. And there's 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 a lot of discussion about different traits, and I thought it was very interesting because in one case they they play tag, and they have this um, discussion. A couple of the older kids, so now all these kids are twelve and under, mm-hmm. and they even tell you that they have to leave the orphanage by the time they're twelve. Um, walking through the woods, they come to a fence, and they're not allowed to go outside the fence ever. They're told it's very dangerous. None of them have ever left. I was about to give it away. The orphanage. None of them have ever actually left the, the orphanage. None they, of them have really ever crossed the fence either. They, yeah, none of them have crossed the fence. They all have one set of clothes. Mm-hmm. And they're all dressed absolutely identical. And they're different ages. Again, different hair colors, different eye colors. Um, A lot more. Some of them are kind of more Afrocentric. Some of them are yeah, yeah, there's, a little yeah, bit more mixed. Yeah, there probably is a little bit of that. You're right. There probably is a little bit of that because I wrote down that the that the only truly black figure was the was the figure that was in the the Gundam series. But True. Um, they talk about mental strength. They talk mm-hmm. about strategy. Um, they talk about treating things like a chess game. Yes. Um, and so there's a lot of focus on um, internal strengths. Mm-hmm. They actually even in one part talk about. Um, that this one girl is more athletic, more athletically inclined, faster, but doesn't win because the other person is stronger mentally. They're outthinking so, her. They're outthinking her, yeah. So there's a lot of discussion about positive attributes. And that's actually, that's actually true in all, in all five series, mm-hmm. that there's a real focus on your internal attributes. Um, and as much as people are drawn very beautifully, um, there's not a real value, I would say, put on, on physical beauty. It's very obvious in, in all of these that um, the real value is the, uh, both the value of integrity. And the value of your self-worth. Yeah. And, and so I, f- I found that very interesting. And I found in, in, in Promise Neverland, here you had young kids um, talking in, a, in what I thought was a pretty believable way. Um, the oldest ones, again, being 10, 11 years 12, old 12 yeah, yeah almost 12 almost 12 um 
so you you just I won't spoil it, but um, I will say that I knew it was going to head south when one of the kids says they leave, but they never write. Um, and um, and I I went oh gosh because you really liked the kids, and you went oh something bad's going to happen. Um, and 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 the other thing I'll say about it before we move on um, is that. Um, as much as I would say it was my least favorite of the five, I, I have to know what happens next. <laughs> I'm just saying. I love that notion here. It's like if all the series I want, like, so would you say of like all the series that you watched here, this is the one you want to come back to if just to figure out like what happens? Well, okay. So, so here's the thing that surprised me, and then we'll talk about Gundam. Um, you know, if I looked at the the five, no interest in watching Sailor Moon again. No offense. No, I. I I actually yeah. never watched it. Yeah, I, I kind of already knew what I was getting when I when I saw it here. I'm waiting for an official English dub to enjoy it, if only just because that I can kind of listen to it in the background and and do something else, like like work on work on my pro, my cosplay projects or things like that, so I can at least follow along and listen to it, kind of like I did with Law and Order. Yeah, yeah. No, I have movies like that that I'll watch on a Saturday. Yeah, while, while I'm doing stuff. Because um, I don't necessarily have to see it. I know it well enough to, you know, just understand. Or you can listen to it and get as much value out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Sa- Sailor Moon would be the one that, that I'd be least likely to watch again, and followed by the by the Gundam series. Yeah. But the other three, I actually probably will watch the next episode. And some of this goes to, um, I was talking to your brother mm-hmm. uh, about this because I was getting ready to watch one. and um, And he said he's really careful with what he chooses to watch because um, he said, you know, the, it's in order to understand a series, you kind of have to watch from the beginning. You can't pick it up in the middle. Mm-hmm. And I would say, I mean, this, these, all of these, you had to sort of orient yourself. And as I said, I read some, some things on online before I watched them so that I understood the characters a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was helpful. But he made the comment that, that, um, it's one of those things you kind of invest yourself in, and once you get started, you'll binge watch. Um, so you kind of want to know how many episodes. And he said, you know, if I'm looking at something and it looks interesting, but it's already 30 episodes in, I'm not bothering because it's too much of, a, of an investment of my time. And and he made that comment specifically because he, his thing was you can't just pick it up. None of the episodes stand alone. Yeah, so it's a very much a serialized series in which the one episode immediately moves on to the next episode and a very much continuing story at all times. It's well, I've watched three quarters of a basketball game. Thank you very much, son. And I wanted it to be an interesting game at the bare minimum. I, like, I wanted it to be like in the height of what you would get when you were in a sports anime. like Because again, like you're literally in the height of as far as you can yeah, get. Yeah, and then it ends. I don't know who wins kind of want to know who wins so i'm really i if i were to pick one that i would continue watching on a regular basis i, I think the 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 rascal uh does not dream bunny bunny girl senpai. bunny girl senpai. uh senpai which is, um, a, which is I, I wish they'd find a better name for it in all honesty it's but a lot it's of words yeah but um but if only because um i really found myself caring about the characters in 24 minutes mm-hmm I really found... You fell in love with the characters. Yeah. And you kind of want to know what happens with them. Yeah. So and, so what I'll say about that one here is that if you just watch the second and third episode, 
the third episode kind of has a resolution to that initial story that happens there, then you would be fine, I would imagine. Like, if you just watch the next two, ep- the second and third episode, up to three episodes of that series, then you could watch that and be just, like, satisfied with it and then never pick it up again if you didn't want to. Good to, good to uh, know. Okay, so so Promise, ne- Promise Neverland, I just want to know where it goes from here. Oh, my gosh. Um, so, so, yeah, no, it, I would buzz and ride along until until the the line until the very end and then you're just like (gasps) well no as i said i knew it was going south when when i literally wrote it down as i was watching says says, um they leave but they never write and i went oh and then it happened so um so i i do need to know what happens i i can tell you what happens oh later no on. no don't run it for me i'll go i'll go watch it but <laughs> but boy that was like i'm not eating dinner um afterwards I'm so sorry that's 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 okay lunch was already d- digested so um so that threw me for a bit of a loop i wasn't quite expecting it to be quite so dark a lot of again like a lot of japanese shows not all the time here. We'll ha- like this is one of those few ones. There's another one called Madoka Magica, um, or um, which threw a lot of people off as well. Very much like this, and you'll get series like that occasionally. Well, they're playing in the sun. Come on. Oh, the other ones about magic girls that are very much in the vein of Sailor Moon, and I won't explain what happens to them at all later. But it's not pretty after it episode can't, three. It can't be as okay. Well, this this one's pretty. Okay. I'll let you know that Madoka Magica, if if you liked Doctor Strange's kind of abstract sort of look and stuff, Madoka Magica shoots that like with like a nuclear warhead amount of like colors and weird symbolism and moving pictures around. And then when you get to episode three and you think, oh my goodness, I know exactly what I'm going to expect. This is great. This is really interesting. And then something happens in episode three and you're like, I was not expecting that. This has changed dramatically now. And the intro still is a very lighthearted, you know, hey, look how fun this is. Yay. And it's just not what the rest of the series is. Yeah, one moment they're playing tag. And then uh, just anyway. Yeah. So let's move on to Gundam. Okay. So let's move on to Gundam. Okay. So we watched uh, Iron Iron Blooded Orphans on Mars. So so Gundam is a very longstanding franchise. It dates back... What, does, just as a starting point, Gundam means warriors? So Gundam is actually the name of the machines that they pilot. Okay. So I so apologies on that one there. Um, but Gundam is a very longstanding franchise that dates back to like 19, the very late 70s and the early 80s. Um, it's what started what we now call the real... Beforehand, you had a lot of mech shows in Japan because... You don't have to really animate a face of a mech, so you don't have to yeah. spend a lot of time yeah. worrying about the animation in a lot of senses. The power, the power ranges for things, yeah. But a lot of the uh, mechs were very goofy, sort of like, you know, fun kind of things. Like, they had transformations, but they weren't realistic transformations yeah. at all. And even the stories were all a lot of, similar in the vein of maybe what, like a power range would be like a monster of the week, very... Nothing's like there's you know the state the world is that uh, you know the world's in danger we're all doomed to die in the world here we got to save the world but it's not really at the end of the day like there's the stakes are not that high at the end of the day even though they really are so Gundam started what we call the real robot genre, mecha genre which is realistic mechs and it's a space opera nor- originally and it's 
We're on Mars, and it looks like we're in the Grand Canyon. So what ends up happening here is that the initial version of Gundam is called the Universal Century, and it spans a number of different different series here. So you have eventually like the original Gundam, Gundam Zeta or Z, or Gundam Double Z, and you get other series that happen in that main storyline. But eventually there was a point in which... Um, they started making other Gundam shows in different universes and kind of like a different trait here where like um, where the Gundams are the same kind of like super powerful mechs in the show, but they have different, you know, the, the reason, the way they became are different here. So um, Gundam Seed is one of my personal favorites. It's in a alternate century. There's a Gundam that's actually in our century or our timeline. Cause it plays it's Gundam double O, which takes place where, um, humanity has figured out solar panels and so major superpowers like Saudi Arabia and the Middle East that actually just immediately devolve because the oil's not worth any money anymore so they have no more money so they immediately go into chaos here. But, but they've got lots of sun. They've got lots of sun but they didn't get the con- they didn't get one of the contracts to make one of the solar panels so it's uh, I think it's America America has a solar panel, China has a solar panel and uh, Russia has a solar panel. These giant, big, like, solar panels that kind of orbit around the Earth. Oh, they're up. Oh, okay. So they, so they super generate energy and that transfers back down. So they are major superpowers here, but um, less so other parts of the world. Okay. Or no, sorry. One of them is in um, North America. So it ends up becoming North America, South, uh, South America, and Japan are one kind of, like, country almost at the end of the day here. You have Europe, which is Europe and Africa, have their own solar panel. And then you have Russia and China have their own and uh, solar panel. And I think Australia is linked with them as well, but not sure. Um, but the, but you have then countries like the Middle East that don't have a solar panel. And they're not really any, in any one of the major countries or unions at all. So, like, they basically devolved into, like, warfare all the time. Um, but it's set, in our, it's set in our current – it was set in more or less our – current kind of somewhat climate but just like a couple hundred years in the future the one you'll watch though is uh gundam iron blooded iron blooded orphans in which some unspeculated time beforehand there was some sort of calamity that you know in the process of trying to terraform mars we got to mars yeah we made we made the oxygen breathable Looks like a bunch of rock yeah we made the oxygen breathable and everything but one of the things we didn't really do was we we didn't finish colonizing it like we got air on, we got we got the oxygen there, we got the the weather into a temperate way there, but we didn't finish it because I guess we ran out of budget because of this other war and because of the war, we didn't finish actually ter- uh, terraforming Mars. So a lot of what happens in Mars is that you have a lot of um, children being born that parents can't take care of at all, so they become orphans, and what they end up becoming is. Um, uh, like they're again they become slaves on a certain on a certain level actually like so child slaves okay so so again the observation is that there's like nobody over 25 except the, for maybe the one black guy a couple of the characters could be over 20 maybe or at least in older teenagers well, over 25 though i mean i no, thought, not really, I thought no. it's like you know the guy directing the battle was probably 20 21 maybe yeah so but but again um very young yes um so what's the thing with the nosebleeds you had a couple of these guys having nosebleeds so um in this version of gundam here um you can control the robots by like just you know uh moving the joysticks around and things like in the foot pedals and things like that 
Um, but to get become a really good pilot here, what you end up having to do is you have to get a special surgery that that puts like a probe in your back that connects to your spine and that connects to your brain. Some um, some people have multiple probes in their back, up to like three of them, which allows them to control the robot basically through like thought process and well, and yeah, they're, they're actually in them. They're they're literally connected to them. Okay. Um, and if you overexert, and the system here is um, not technically legal anymore because it causes like you know disruptions of the brain if you overexert yourself you can heavily damage yourself this kid the kid piling the one white and blue one here uh-huh the gundam the the lead gundam here the barbet uh the, bar- the one that the one that says that that the tear that uh, he can't go to heaven without avenging and and uh, the tears of his men uh, become his might it's a little samurai-ish there too. Yeah, well, very, okay. very I samurai. I, I not only wrote down samurai, I wrote down kamikaze. Oh, he goes he, into a kamikaze rage. Yes, yeah, he does. Um, you know, um, it, I mean, it was he he literally spouts stuff. Um, you know, I can't I can't uh, go to heaven with this shame on me and. Um, and and then again, you have other characters with very much like the basketball with the positive affirmations mm-hmm. um, as they get ready to fight. You have the one girl who's like in the guy's lap fighting. They're inside. He's he's connected to it, but he can't learn it all at one time. And she's got some sort of like iPad. Um, and oh, helping him along. Yeah, to helping like him along. Program it. Yeah. 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 So a lot so more. Assume she's a programmer. You have a lot of in Gundam. You have actually like the main in some some cases here. Like there might be just the one mech suit. This is not one of those here, but sometimes you have the one mech suit, and you have an entire other cast of characters that are just the support staff. So you know, like these are the people that like pilot the ship that they fly around in, and this is the person that fixed the robot, and this is the one that works on communications, and this is another one that you know handles the launching sequence for the robots here and all the other fighters that you might have here. Well, like, you actually had women, in, I mean, not to not to belittle, but you actually have women in, in intelligent roles here. Oh, yeah, no, no. It's, it seemed, seemed a, equal, a, it seemed equal, more equal, if not equal opportunity, more so than the others. Yeah, I mean, a, a lot more shows are getting where we have a lot more, uh, a, a lot less men in, in purely like leadership roles but you have a lot more women doing a lot more other stuff here um there's actually a a point earlier in the show here where they're in they're in space for the first time and they're having to go reach a person that will that they can get funding from they basically need to get sponsored by and the person they go to get sponsored by is a guy who literally is a womanizer who has all these women around him and only has a female crew um and personally loves all of them to the point where some of them have had his children but the actual like fighters are actually the women uh, in a lot of cases so he's just the leader but everyone else but they're kind of in charge at the end of the day so but yeah no it was it was interesting and you had some you had some interesting <coughs> figures in it mcgillis yes that is such an odd thing to name somebody from Japan. I didn't know. Well, interesting. Well, I mean, he's got blonde hair. He's, he's got I'm blonde not, hair. I'm not he's entirely got, sure in and, his and, Japanese and, status. And, and, and blue eyes. Blonde hair and blue eyes, big thing. Um, and you had a lot of, this is my other nose. No, you had a lot of shirtless guys. So, again, 
they've got the plugs on their backs, and so so you, they, they they don't just like cut out a hole in the shirt. They just I guess not. No, again, again, going shirtless is kind of the way to go. Mars is apparently very hot. Oh, okay. So so apparently because again, not a lot of because again, like when they terraformed it here, not a lot of clouds um and stuff here so it's well, I apparently hope they've got their sunscreen a, one would hope just saying so no so yeah this was a very hack very actiony heavy episode here especially uh-huh. toward the end here no uh, so so the, so and i guess that's my comment um not a lot of plot no no this one wasn't wouldn't have been yeah, a lot of plot not a lot of plot um it's how to beat the the little um mobile so there's a mobile frame essentially is um, yeah. and everything else is in a mobile suit um it, the mobile frame is actually a lot bigger than the rest of the mobile suits here and one of them literally has to go from green eyes to red eyes to beat it which basically means that he so the initial character here um that pilots the gundam he's the one with the little wristband on his wrist yeah. um he had to kind of go all out in a previous battle in his Gundam, which overexerted his body. Right, and they and they actually talk about that. And part of the problem was that when he overexerted in in another fight here, he lost the use of his right arm when he's not in the mech. So it broke some of his synapses in his brain that help him with motor function. So he lost part of the ability to use his right side of his body, which includes somewhat walking around and things like that and it's not until he's plugged back into the robot that he has the full ability of his right hand side like he can't even really see out of his right eye for the most part unless he's in the robot because his brain has been damaged so much by this system that is initially illegal um and as a spoiler here because he went all super saiyan and went red eyes instead of green eyes and overexerted himself once again because the robots can do that apparently these gundams are have the ability to overexert themselves but they at the cost of their pilots yeah. Um, he actually loses the entire ability to move for the most part in most of his body unless he's plugged into the machine. Okay, so so, so I'm glad that you described that because it, because that's some of the stuff I was kind of having a hard time following. Gathering, yeah, I, I, I got I got the gist of some of it, that there'd been a previous battle and he'd been hurt in the previous battle and they couldn't use certain things because... Um, they either weren't available or they were too far away or technically yeah, they weren't in a good yeah, position. Yeah, yeah. so so there was a lot of that. Um, you didn't get a real sense of winners and losers, and I couldn't get a real good sense of... of who, was, who was the good guys and who were the bad guys? Yeah. So yeah, like this is one of those episodes in which there really wasn't... I wanted to give you just what was a true mech, uh, mech yeah, anime and just yeah. a... And a, as much as I wanted to give you like a, a really good like space opera-y sort of thing to watch here i really wanted you to just see a mech anime the one i actually really wanted to show you was um a, one of my favorite shows which is a show called code geass um, um which has a very unique play on the mechs where all the mechs have wheels because they move around in a cityscape and they're all maybe 10 maybe at most 12 feet tall as where these robots are probably in the nature of like yeah. three, like two or three or four stories tall. tall. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but Code Geass, I, I would have wanted you to see better because I think its first episode does a very good job of both showing mech that moves around and fights. Uh, it's done by the same studio that did Gundam, um, but also has kind of a semi-supernatural twist to it. Um, well, that could be fun. Yeah, it's. Well, um, I mean, I will say, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not hip on, on necessarily watching one of these again, but. Um, 
but you got the sense of what it is. It's yeah, I got memorable. I got a good sense of what it was, and and I mean it reminded reminded me of the old Transformer series and mm-hmm. and things like that. It had very much that same look and feel. Yes. Um. So so was was intrigued by that. Um. And I thought I thought the 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 there, there was a lot of di- not diversity in in how they looked, but diversity in the personalities. Yes, the personality is a very potent thing yeah and so i and so i thought that i thought that was a that was fun to watch um uh i had i had in my notes that um there was a lot of of seeking honor and um wanting credit yes but very samurai feeling credit not in the sense that we think of credit not credit is 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 in uh, this is my caller um but credit um as in sort of that the eternal credit the, the, like a moral credit, not a yeah. physical credit, or even a or even a not a, tangential. Not, not a win, but uh, uh, I want to do my best and support my team. Yeah, less and, of the notion that like hey, I'm the one that made this sale here. I'm the one that you know. Yeah, I'm going here is more or less the sense of like I helped my manager get that sale. I made sure he had the proper notes and he got the things they needed to get that sale. So yeah. I was a part of the credit for that too. Yeah. So or, so so. They used the word credit, but I, but it, to me, it had a higher integrity meaning. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was there was very much a concept in several different places, not not just the one guy, um, who was who I made the note was kind of kamikaze, um, <laughs> was that there was a sacrifice for others. Yes, an intent and in that, especially that if you were able to sacrifice yourself for others, that it would be a very honorable way to die if you had to. Yeah. Or so much as that, hey, it was a good life if I got to protect my buddy. Yeah. So you had very much had a sense of that. So, so like all of them, very morality based. Although I, I okay, so I take it back. I, the, the morality in, in the Promised Neverland, I'm, I'm not sure about. Um, except that one really did stress uh, mental strength. Excellent. So yeah. So uh, so we discussed the anime here, um, what you liked and what you didn't like here, and hopefully our audience enjoyed that. Um, so I wanted to move on here to. Why do people find this interesting? And so, like, just as your own uh, glance here, why do you think nerds would be interested in Japanese animation? Well, I mean, I think I think all of us um, are looking for sort of our our place in the world. I could see where where because there's so many different styles, and and again, these are not these are not lighthearted or, or comedy for the most part. And no, about I mean, the lighthearted, most lighthearted, you get a Sailor Moon and. If you actually watch Sailor Moon, as much as it's about support, it isn't My Little Pony. No. So, um, Which, again, is in Japanese dub, and it's amazing. Okay. The intro for it is, is 100% awesome one. Well, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll more than willingly watch. <laughs> um, I mean, one of the things that I was struck by as I got out on Crunchyroll is just how much of this there is. And I think it's, it's more of a case of there's something for everyone. Yes, and um, and I could see where they they speak to so many um, positive affirmations and so many um, sort of uplifting. There's a lot of uplifting thought, as much as they're so serious. Um, that I think that speaks to an innate part of all of us as well. Yeah, um, they're they're certainly very moral based, and and um, the payoff is a little bit different than we would think of as the payoff in in an American show. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, um, in in certainly whether it's our our animation or our our um, 
sitcoms, yeah, TV shows, anyway, dramas. We have to button everything up. Yeah. And and we expect to have everything buttoned up. And I think that's the first thing that bothered me about the basketball was everything was not buttoned up. No, this ep- um, this entire game here probably lasts the better part of about 10 episodes. Okay. Well, yeah, cuz we started mid game too. Mm-hmm. Um so I think um I think one of the things that 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 uh, appealed to me was that you you did want to see more, and um, it it didn't make things as clean and clear cut as I think we need things to be. At the end of Law and Order, we need to know that he went to jail. Mm-hmm. Um, you didn't have that sense here, but I didn't have the sense that I needed it either, um, which I found which I found interesting. In a change of pace. Yeah. A, nice, a nice change of pace. Yeah. So one of the things I'll say about um, uh, being a nerd here myself and why I think a lot of people, especially I think of my generation, love and appreciate Japanese animation is that um, it's a sense that we're trying to find our childhood again a little bit. I think that's a lot of case with a lot of nerdy stuff which we're trying to come, trying to find our childhood on a certain level. Because um, I can remember distinctly as a child here, before I went to school, watched Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, watched Woody Woodpecker, watched uh, watch cartoons. I think I woke up super early to try to watch original Dragon Ball Z when it was first airing. Um, got home, we watched cartoons. We watched, you know, you know, Tailspin, Darkwing Duck, and The Batman, and other other shows. We woke up on Saturday morning, we watched cartoons. Um, we woke up on Sunday morning, we watched cartoons. Cartoons were a giant part of our childhood especially uh, mine on a certain level as well yeah. i can totally appreciate yeah. that but it's as essential as you get older here that like you got to put the cartoons away you got to move on to a new you got to move on a little bit here because cartoons are meant for children that's a children's sort of thing here um and then we found japanese animation which is which again speaks to speaks to people in a certain way because it's not the same topics they're not funny and they move and they're serial they're not serialized in the sense in which you got to see the next episode to see what happens in the story, and that's a lot more uh, sophisticated on a certain level. And the mm-hmm. topics can be a little, or it can be varied quite a bit here, so you have more sophistication in it. And so, um, and I can only speak for myself here on a certain level that I think a lot of it is, hey, I'm not watching cartoons anymore. I'm still watching a cartoon, but I'm watching anime. It's much more sophisticated. It's much more, you know intelligent on a certain level it's a lot more you know like i did it's grow got a up. lot more plot it's got it's a lot more plot and again like it's more in the way of, i would say mature and i'm not saying mature in the sense that it's like well western animation here you might have you know the writing might be really intelligent in things like um bob's burgers and rick and morty and family guy and the simpsons but it, it's still couched in this notion of like you know ha huh, fart and poop on a certain level yeah like it's still yeah. somewhat it feels very sophomoric here at, on yeah. a certain level and i think it somewhat has to be in order to speak to a wider audience as much as it has a is is, is intelligent as it's written at the end of the day like they still know they have to have that laugh at the end of the day as we're like japanese animation is more mature in the sense that like it's much more teenage and adult sort of, you know, meant at the end of the day. And so it speaks to a much wider audience of somewhat more sophisticated people at the end of the day. Now, it's not to say that a lot of people are not drawn in by the pretty pictures and, you know, the nature of the characters on a certain level and certainly the foreignness of it, which is certainly very cool as well. Um, but I think to a larger extent, um, it speaks to us on a, on a on a more subconscious level here that like hey these are still cartoons and i love cartoons i'll go watch a cartoon and show all the, i'll go watch a cartoon show at any time 
I just got to I got to enjoy now a more sophisticated cartoon that you know grew up along with me and is a in a much more grown up medium. I, so I think that's a large part of it too. Um, so yeah, that that's why I think nerds are into Japanese animation initially. But again, it certainly is offering something for everybody. It's got a lot of variety to it, um, and it's not the same thing all the time, or at least a lot of the things are not the same. Um, so now let's move on to what nerds do with it. So there's an entire culture around Japanese animation that's not initially well known to everybody. Um, certainly it's watching animation here. Um, back in the day, if you wanted to watch a Japanese show, you either had to know a guy who knew a guy who knew a guy who had it on, who found it, who had a translated version of it. And you bought him a bunch of VHS tapes to have him record it for you. You know, and then you would hold on to those recorded tapes as if they were like gold, because in some cases they work. Because then you were the guy of the guy of the guy that had a copy of that. Yeah. So, like, and this goes back to really old fashioned yellow and green subtitling text. Like, like that's how, that, that's when you know it's going to be really old. Um, a lot of shows were never dubbed. Like some shows like Gundam Z and Double Gundam Double Z never came to the States. So they only exist in a subtitled form in Japan. Um, and I apologize. I actually showed you a lot of the a lot of the shows I chose here were all subtitled here because of ease of access. There are yeah. quite a number of shows that are actually done in dub now as well um, that are simulcast here. So that they'll play in Japanese and then a couple of days later they'll come out in an American dub for that audience. Uh, there's usually a paywall behind that though, so like they weren't not necessarily ease of access. So. Apologies on that uh, for the subtitles. Yeah, we see, but no apologies needed because the subtitles actually um, work for me. Yeah, they, I mean, they force you to pay attention. I don't mind that. Yeah, I think it, that's part of the reason I don't enjoy watching subtitles as much anymore, unless it's a currently airing series. Well, you couldn't be cooking and watching it. No, no, you definitely could not do me doing yeah. that. You know, so very much a high focus sort of you know appreciate yeah. sort of thing. Um, for this so, purpose, it was great. Oh no. Um, so then the other way you might interact with it is, is a club. And now not everyone is going to have access to a club here uh, to enjoy Japanese animation. And, and again, if you were in the early 2000s here, like I was when I went to college here, like having that club was actually a very useful thing for me because I got to talk with other nerds and I got to climatize myself with talking about Japanese animation and being a nerd around it because I think that's a large uh, problem with a lot of uh, nerds here in general is that we watch stuff here, or we absorb stuff here, and then we don't have a really great way of explaining it to other people, so it comes off as like, blah, 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 is all this well, knowledge I, and, that we and, just and, wanted to spit out of our mouths. And I, I think back to Stuart's uh, comic shop in, in uh, Big Bang Theory, mm -hmm. where, where it's got its own clientele. and It's got its own kind of special language it feels like yeah. it's being talked to, and like yeah. other people trying to get in there, like... Oh, are, Penny. Penny. In, in, yeah, Penny in the comic book store. Is just like an oddity that nobody quite knows how to deal with. And at yeah. the same time, same time, she is just as much put off by them as they are like, oh my goodness, there's a girl in our in our store? Like, heaven forbid. Like, Yeah. Yeah, and so I think a lot of the problem here with, um, with a lot of the benefit I got out of the club was being able to talk to other people about Japanese animation and realize that there are some people who are on like on a spectrum of like a nine to from like a zero to ten sort of scale here. 
there's a lot of people who are like eights and nines about Japanese animation. And there's a lot of other people that are like fours and fives about Japanese animation. And so tailoring your nerdiness to it, to the conversation that you're in is useful because you're going to meet people that are way into a show or really way into the topic as well. There's other people that would be off put by that. And I think that ends up happening a lot of cases um, with people here where they're really into a topic and oh my goodness somebody else has a slight interest in it they might be as interested as i am about it so i'm going to be at the eight and nine that either i think i need to be for the topic or i think everyone else is at the same topic with me at and then completely forget that like no other people are probably at a, a one or two that are not into this not into what you're into or even if they're like tangentially into it you might put them off so much as being way too nerdy about it yeah. it's a somewhat of a fine line because again i mean like society doesn't treat our nerdy things as everyday things it's not like you know if somebody wanted to come up and walk talk to you about politics like oh yeah let's talk about politics we have certain opinions about it and you might be way too into a topic here but it's not a bridge in which somebody hasn't been no i've met other people that are way too into a topic like that but this topic is so foreign to a lot of people and a lot of nerdy topics are that they don't that a lot of nerds don't know how to properly express themselves when they get talking about their favorite topic so it comes out as a mangled garbage of, yeah, no, of, of trying no, to understand I get it. it and it might be a topic for another night to talk about um ha- have <laughs> shows like like big bang normalized nerdiness or it's one of my least favorite shows ever, but I, I can certainly explain that. I I can I can certainly explain that on a on a greater level why I think that. Well, we can we can talk about it another another night. So um, another great way that nerds kind of interact with their topic here is merchandise. And looking around my small apartment here, you will have seen an accoutrement of various things here, of of anime culture and stuff like that. Like there is merchandise for everything uh, the most popular set of stuff for merchandise is actually going to be uh manga and dvds because you know if you love a series they don't reshow it in japan yeah. unless unless you download it illegally or yeah. or if you want to support the show you buy the dvds for it and well, so, oh, so, okay so crunch so crunchy roll is legit because crunchy roll is literally buying the rights to show the shows Okay. here in the west and they're okay. doing a lot of the translations for that so a lot of the money you give to crunchyroll or if you don't give money the ads to watch that money that, that they generate from those ads go back to the original animator so that's a very important notion here like but if you were to download it illegally like from like a pirate bay or yeah. some sort of torrenting yeah. sort of thing here you're not usually supporting it the original animators for it here and it's one of the reasons why as much as I only watch one or two series off of Crunchyroll, maybe a season, I still feel it's very important for me to support the the topic that I the support the thing I'm interested in, because I worry that with the way things go, like animators don't get paid more, even though things cost more in a lot of cases. So because the precedent was set that you got paid this amount of money to do this amount of work, and shows start costing more and more money to make, and eventually we're gonna get to the point here where instead of having like 30 or 40 shows that come out every season, we might get 20 shows that come out every season. And eventually it might get to the point where you only get, you know, less shows that come out more and more well, frequently. And, and just so. to have them dubbed, because I thought, I, or not dubbed, but um, subtitled. subtitled. I thought they were well subtitled. I, I thought I thought uh, that well, was done. Well, Crunchyroll went to a couple of different um, translating websites initially and said, we want to pay you to to watch these shows 
and dub them as quick as you can. Because remember that like sub the fan subs would often have an episode out within, in some cases, a couple days or a couple hours after it aired in Japan. So there was already somebody watching the show, you know, tr- another person writing out the script in Japanese, and then another person translating it into English in some cases, in real time in some cases. Okay. So like the fact that in Jap- the fact that in Crunchyroll's case they can um, usually have something out a couple hours after it came out in Japan is a testament. In some cases, it airs first here in America before it does in Japan. Wow. Not okay. not a lot of stuff, but some stuff, yes. So well, that's um, kind of fun. Well, well the, I mean, I'm, I'm willing to pay for somebody to, to subtitle things. I mean, that, I shouldn't expect that for free. No, and I think the ads at the end of the day help with that as well. So you're paying the staff that would translate it, but also at the same time, um, the animators as well. Okay. Um, but so there's DVDs and comics as well. There are any number of different figurines that you can get, both like large, small, and big in some cases look look looking uh, at several yes um and, and lovely jigglypuff on the other side of the room, room here. yeah um and and you've got a number of, of uh posters here as well posters wall scrolls um there's a, there's a lot you can buy if stuff here it's certainly um so if you look just directly behind you here there is a sword right behind you that is from one of my favorite shows as well which is a, a series called uh, fake stay night uh the lead character is uh king arthur Reimagined as a woman. Oh, that that could be cool. Yes, it's 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 a very cool series here. Um, it's available mostly all on Netflix now, so I highly recommend anybody who wants to get into anime watch uh, Fate Zero and then its follow up Fate Stay Night, um, which is a very entertaining series here. It's a battle royale um, where um, magical people summon uh, sp- summon what they call servants, which are usually historical uh, figurines. So you might have reinterpretations on Alexander the Great, Medusa, Hercules. Elizabeth the first. You might, um, but you might also have um, you know Chinese heroes and Japanese kind of heroes, like oh, you know cool. historical figures. Okay. And, and in some cases, you might have a historical figure that's not historical, except if you're in the future. So there's a character like that even. So so it's it's a very interesting show and um it's a very much a again, it's a very much a battle royale, but it's a lot more talking than anything else and discussing kind of the nature of stuff. So it's a very interesting show. It's just it's not available on Crunchyroll and I wanted something ease of access here for that. That's yeah, available no, no, on no. Netflix. I actually though. actually really enjoyed the the five you chose for me because they were all very different. Um different styles. The other great way a lot of time um, anime nerds uh, or nerds in general try to enjoy their stuff is a convention. And we'll go through conventions and um, at a later topic here when we get closer to fanime that happens here in San Jose. So, because um, I'd love for you to take you for a day to that, if just for a couple hours. Am I going in costume? We can we can do cosplay as well at the same time. Huh. Interesting. I, I, have, I have ideas so I can show okay. you. It's not, not too crazy stuff here. Okay. Um... But I also comes to a topic of cosplay, and that's the I, I could Sailor Moon the hair. You could, um, but I've got other. I've got, oh, okay. I've got other great ideas. Okay. We, there, your blondness will be of a perfect attitude, perfect point for you. And if you, and there's a lot of mother characters in in Japanese culture ah. that have a very unique hairstyle. You'll always see it because it's the hair with a low with a pony. It's kind of men in a ponytail, but it's scrunchy at the back. 
And it always hangs over like the left or right shoulder. It's a very motherly sort of style like that's I, in Japan. I, I could do that. Okay. So yeah, there's a couple mother characters I can show you. Okay. Um, but there's also another other, a number of other characters and, and things we can do as well. So. Okay. Um, that being said, though, um, cosplay in and of itself is again the nature is the art of dressing up in costume. Um, as a character of your choice here, and it can be anything from video games to comics to anime, and it's a lot of the time if you ever go to like Comic Con in San Diego or WonderCon in Anaheim uh, now, that you see a lot of people dressed up as superheroes and TV show characters and things like that. Um, it's a very big industry, in, in all honesty. Like okay. there's there's full um, there's full websites here that devote themselves just to making the costumes for different characters. There's Etsy has a lot of different ways you can buy parts to a costume if you wanted to. So if you wanted to buy a crown from a series, there's probably like 30 guys that make well, that crown. You, your, your, your brother has a really accurate green power ranger. Yes. Yeah. There's the, there's a literally, there's literally a guy who all he does for a living is make that helmet. And another guy that all he does is make that, that costume. That's all I do for a living. And there's uh, a really great convention called Dragon Con that happens in Atlanta, Georgia. That's all about just these. So there's these four hotels in, in Atlanta, Georgia. They're all connected. They all share the same convention center space, but they're all connected through different tunnels. And, and each one, while they might have their own convention center space, they're all connected to this giant convention center space mm -hmm. that's kind of in the middle of them. For about three days, it's just people who dress up in costumes. And, the, and these are people that have that will have either spent anywhere from a couple weeks or months on their costume to other people that may have spent, you know, the last three years building a costume with moving parts, lights, you know, rigging on them. Like, it's very intense. Um, I well, highly, you've got a couple good ones. Oh, I've got a very, I've got a couple very good ones that if I went there, everyone would be like, oh, for me too. Because it's not, I, I always try to pick the characters that are not done all that commonly um so you stand out more because of it okay um so yeah so uh conventions and cosplay or something we'll have another another discussion on here okay. um but not soon at least we okay. have other topics that we have planned okay um and so so the last thing i want to do is the last two things i want to do is how if you want to support somebody who's a nerd in this culture here and so um one of the things you want to do if you wanted to support somebody in this kind, in, who's a nerd in this sort of thing here, is oftentimes just listen to them rant. I, I sometimes a lot of nerds have opinions about stuff, and they would love to just get their opinions off their chest. They would love the chance to just have, let somebody listen to them at all. And I don't. I would say that you don't if you're not really all that interested in it. You know, like this is a way you could support somebody in it is just letting them rant and rave. Um, about it because okay. that's important to some nerds sometimes is just to get their opinions off their chest and to let somebody else know that they have those opinions. Okay. Um, I think another great way here, if you ever wanted to buy them anything um, anime related here, is to try to find their friends and ask them what shows they're into. Um, because some people have very wilding different opinions on different shows here and and stuff and so um everyone's got slightly different tastes and if you were just to go to the mall and be like i want something that's animal related and picked up something you're like it's a hit or miss in a lot of cases um 
I, I, it's one of the reasons why I think gift cards are really good in this area because they allow a person to have the option to get what it is that they want. But um, if you really want to try to find ways to personalize it here, um, it'll take a little bit more work to find so, out. So, so not everybody's into Zelda. Not everybody's into Zelda. Not everyone's going to be into like Kingdom Hearts or like in my case here, like I love Evangelion. It's one of my favorite shows here of all time and Fate Stay Night. But if you were to pick up something that was uh, from a show called One Piece here, like I would be like, oh, yay. Like it's, kind of, yeah. Yeah, it's not, it's, it's not my favorite series for different reasons. Like the artwork and style are just too much for me. And um, back to our my little brother's point here, like, it's into like it's like 700 some odd episode here now like it's a series that if you wanted to get into you kind of have to go from the very beginning again because you you would miss a lot of the other references and stuff that happen in it and to do that would be difficult to try to catch well, up he with mentioned seven. as well the characters build up yes and gain things yes very they build up you know superpowers they build up other relationship with other characters they build up harems they build up, you know, problems as well. So a lot of the characters are very much a layered of things that they interact with and such. And One Piece is a good example of a lot of the characters are about the history of what who they are and who they've dealt with now. Um, but to get to that point, to be able to understand all the references and everything that's happening in it would take a long time. And it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's an investment that I would love to undertake one day, but the only reason I have it is because it's just it's a it's a slog. Oh, he said he said you'll get you'll get stuck in in binge watching something because you want to get to the next one. Well, I have no problem with binge watching. It's just that it's not well dubbed at all. So to binge watch it would be to literally sit down and watch seven hundred some odd twenty minute episodes and trying to get you yeah. know and that's yeah. and that's a lot of episodes. And by the time you count up with it, you might have another hundred episodes to keep going at. So it's a it's a lot to absorb and get into, um, and it's not straightforward at all, which is yeah. which is why it's difficult. I I think there's some shows that are long running, like Hajime no Impo, which again is the boxing one I talked about last time. That's yeah. overtly realistic. That I think you can kind of jump into it right away and appreciate it because it does kind of almost return to a status quo all the time. They're not. Yeah. There are certain historical kind of stuff that happened and that it's good to know, but doesn't have a huge effect on the story, I think. Okay. Um, but no, again, if you really wanted to get some merchandise or you wanted to support somebody in it here, like it would take a little bit to it would take a little bit to find something of interest in there. And so even just asking and being able to communicate with them when they get their stuff off their chest, sometimes taking notes might be helpful to be like, oh, this is what was interesting. Um, a great question you can ask of just about any Japanese animation here, if you know what kind of is here, if it's a mech series, you can ask which is best mech, or what's the best you know robot, because the, everybody has their own varied opinion about which robot is best. Like in a Gundam series, there's probably about twenty different robots in some cases, and so everyone's got an opinion about those. Okay. Um, if it's a show in which the guy's the main protagonist, the best, the good question here to ask and. and Especially if there's a lot of women in, in the show here, the best question to ask is, which is best girl? There's always a best girl. Okay. It's n it's never the same. So everybody has different choices. Everyone has, yeah. In a lot of cases here, again, there's, like, even in uh, Rascal Doesn't Dream of Bunny Girl Senpai, there's a number of different girls that kind of pop up through the show here. 
and everyone's got their own personal favorite. And so um, one person who might think is this is best girl here will completely disagree with another person who thinks this person is best girl. I, I liked Bunny Girl. Um, Bunny Girl. Bunny Girl is very good girl, but Scientist Girl is best girl in that show. Oh, really? I, I from my opinion. Was that was that the girl? That's the girl at the very end of the, the episode left, talking okay. about you know, Schrodinger's cat. Okay. Yeah, she to me that is best girl because again, like I appreciate a nerd and the, her later story here is very, um, uh, very emotional to me. At the end of the day, I felt I, I felt a very good connection. I felt a very tangential and connection with it. So. Again, best girl can change all the time from from different shows that have a primarily female cast, and the true and the same might be true of like who is best guy, because some shows have a lot more guys in it here, and who is best guy, and so that might be uh, our basketball anime Karosuke no Basuke. So which is best player here, or who yeah. do you like the most as a player here? Yeah. Okay. Um, so those are good questions you want to ask, because again, everyone has varying opinions, and again. Um, if you wanted to buy something to support somebody with it, notes would be a good option here. Okay. Um, I, I like gift card, but yeah. Hey. Gift card is good Good too. Not a, not a lot of shops do gift cards anymore. Oh. Or anime shops, at least. So getting it on Amazon or subscription to Country, Crunchyroll might be another good option. If you really wanted to get into into Japanese animation, though, I, can't, I cannot recommend Crunchyroll hard enough here at the end of the day. Um, if you have subscriptions to Amazon Prime and and or Netflix here, there are shows on there that have dubbing in it. They have good American dubbing in it. I can't necessarily speak for all the shows on those on those websites, but um, some of the shows are actually very very good. Uh, some of the shows that they've been licensed by Netflix and Amazon Prime here are very good shows. Um, I cannot recommend enough uh violet evergarden on netflix it's a beautiful show about loss and finding your own humanity in it oh. it's it, it's very very beautifully done here as well um, um that's definitely a great show uh, that's only available on netflix um little witch academia is kind of in the vein of what my little pony would have been if from a british high school a british you know boarding school kind of a, appearance like okay. a la harry potter even um, so that would be another great show that's only available on Netflix. Netflix. Uh, one of my favorite shows that's actually on Amazon Prime, and I know I'm going to butcher the name of it here, which is um, Watakoi, something Watakoi, and I, I promise I'll put the name in their show notes here. Um, it's basically about um, nerds in an office. So, like, one of them is a gamer nerd. He's a very quiet you know he's very he very much is like everyone knows he's a bit of a nerd because he plays his video games at work during his spare during his free time mm-hmm. um and he ends up getting a girlfriend who is secretly a nerd as well but doesn't like other people knowing about it and she's had a number of different relationships that are not ideal but she eventually starts a relationship they decide let's have a mutual relationship together because we're both awkward nerds and wouldn't that just be nice if we got along with each other? And then yeah. their co-workers, or in one case their senpai, are also anime nerds as well, except they're just not out loud about it. Um, and so this is quite... So, so there's a lot of closet nerdom. There's a, clo- there's a lot of closet nerdom, or at least not talking about it out loud, because wouldn't that make you weird? Um, 
but a lot, but all of them kind of get together and just have very normal conversations that are often not about anime, but show a lot of them like, oh, hey, let's go to the bookstore and then buying their own books here. And by the time they're done with the bookstore, which was only supposed to be a 10 or 15 minute sort of thing here, it's so late that they're like, you know what? Actually, I want to kind of want to go home and read my books. Yeah. So let's not go out drinking. Yeah. You know, or let's, hey, let's all come back over to my place and we'll play video games together. And it's very heartwarming. It's, it's very heartwarming at the end of the day. It's very much kind of like the scenario I would love to love to work in because they're just businessmen at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, but it's certainly one of my favorite series of the last year here. That's um, only available on Amazon Prime with their really bad subtitling and coding. I hate their subtitling and coding so much because it's just in the middle of the screen. If it goes more than anything else, it just bumps it up and like it's, they didn't program it well well yeah no no perfect world no no perfect world so um i would highly recommend highly recommend crunchyroll if you want to get into it here they're simulcasting a lot of episodes and they're getting a lot of older shows as well so um is your ability to be able to watch stuff from the 90s and the early 2000s are becoming much easier and it's um becoming basically the netflix of japanese animation as it were I was, I was surprised by how much there was available on it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Quite a, quite a number of different incredible. shows. Um, I think that's going to do that for us here today. We've, we've uh, probably went on for a, quite a long conversation here, but I think this was an excellent conversation. I had a lot of fun here today. Oh, this is great. Um, next week here, we got a slightly more topical reference that we'll be having, so I'll discuss that here with you next week. Okay. But thanks you once again. If you guys want to follow us, you can follow us on the nerdtutorialpodcast.com it's our blog where we show our show notes and we'll have our podcast available on so more information can be found there if you want to notify us with any questions or any comments you might have about the show you can always hit us up on twitter at nerd underscore tutorial and I think that's going to do us for today until next time we'll see you uh, next podcast bye bye bye